Okay, now it's time for discovering Jesus from beginning to end. And you'll hear a little bit of an echo from the readings uh, with Mark and Connie. But this morning, we're going to be in Isaiah 40, 1 through 11, and in Mark chapter 1, 1 through 4. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of hard service is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned, and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be leveled. And the uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will appear. And all humanity together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice was saying, cry out. Another said, what should I cry out? And this is what you're to cry out. All humanity is grass and all its goodness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Indeed, the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our Lord God remains forever. Zion, herald of good news. Go up on a high mountain, Jerusalem. Herald of good news. Raise your voice loudly. Raise it. Do not be afraid. And say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See the Lord God comes with strength and his power establishes his rule. His wages are with him and his reward accompanies him. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. And then from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out into the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, for this word, we're grateful. Thank you for preserving it. Would you allow my words this morning to be beautiful, true, and right? In the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, amen. Um, I went to Pittsburgh this week with Robin, and we were having a breakfast on our last day before we came home, and she said, are you sad to be going home? And I was like, no, like, I love going home. I love my bed. I miss my pets. I love going home. But the reason why she's asking is when I worked for another church that shall not be named, I hated coming home. Don't tell anybody. But I would literally, I remember I would cry on vacation on my last day when I'd have to come home because I just liked vacation more. And now I love coming home to you guys. I miss you guys. And this passage of Isaiah 40 and Mark 1 feels a little bit like that, like a homecoming that people have longed for. Isaiah 40 is one of the most beautiful passages in all of Isaiah, but it comes after 39. And the reason why I say that is in 39 is where it tells us of the destruction of Babylon. That the people of Judah, because of their rebellion, they're being carried off to Babylon. They've lost their home. They've lost their temple. They are in exile. They're spiritual home has been ransacked. The people no longer have the land, seed, and blessing that their father Abraham was promised, and they're homesick. They're in a new land and a new place away from their home. They want to go home. So Isaiah 40 is really beautiful because their exile is ending. They get to go home. They get to return, and not only do they get to return, it says Yahweh himself is going with them. The path is not being leveled for the people. The path is being leveled because Yahweh is going back 
to Jerusalem. God is going back to his home, the temple, and it says that he is carrying his prize with him, which is to say the people of God that he's bringing home, that's his prize. That's his possession. They get to go home. And we're meant in Isaiah 40 to go, but the problem is Isaiah 40 is not the end of the story. The problem is, is we still have Ezra and Nehemiah, and so we know how the homegoing goes. Like, they go home, and instead of worrying about the temple first, they worry about their physical homes. And instead of worrying about restoring God's temple, they worry about their own walls and their own safety and all of these things. And so by the time we get to the end of the Old Testament, they've rebuilt the temple, and all the people are God awaiting for Yahweh to descend upon it like he did the first time, and he doesn't. The young people celebrate, yay, we rebuilt the temple, but the older folks who know, they weep. Because though they got to go home, their spiritual home was not restored. Which is why Isaiah is good news, but it's not the best news. Mark 1 is the best news. Isaiah 40 restores in part what Mark 1 restores in full. Yes, Isaiah 40, their physical exile is over. They get to go home. But in Mark 1, their spiritual exile is finally over. That this time, instead of rebuilding the temple, God comes and dwells among them. Instead of having to rebuild their homes, God just takes up home among us. And instead of coming in triumph and pomp and circumstance, instead, he has his weirdo cousin in the wilderness crying out, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Isaiah 40 is beautiful. All of us know what it's like to miss home. But we also know what it's like when we go home and there's still something inside of us that echoes and whispers and tells us it's still not complete. There's still something more. And Mark 1 is that something more. It's a better return. It's a better return from exile, a better homecoming. Yahweh comes to us and takes us truly home. And so that's what Advent's about. It's about recognizing our place in this world It's not some home with our family or some home that we get to come to. Those are good gifts and beautiful gifts, and we celebrate them. Advent is reminding us that home is not a place but a person. And if you feel like you're not at home right now in this season, may I encourage you not to seek it in hot cocoa or the Pittsburgh Steelers. They will disappoint. But going to the one who is home, the one who brings us out of exile, the one who makes his home among us and takes us back to the home that we truly long for. Advent is a homecoming. Let's go home to our Lord. Let's pray. God, for your word, we're grateful. And Isaiah 40 is beautiful. We are grateful that the people of God get to be restored to their homes. But we know there was a better home. Thank you that you sent your son. That he didn't stay away, but instead he comes into the world and brings us truly out of exile and brings us home where we've always belonged. As we long for more of that, Lord, help us to cling to you in this season and help us share where home can be found for our friends and our family who still need to go home. We love you. Bless my friends this morning. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit.